that you are a drawer and you draw us unto yourself. That we could just, Lord, just bask in your presence. Lord, I thank you for right now, even at this moment, renewing our youth and renewing health and renewing our mind. That we may comprehend, Father, the width, the depth, the length, the height of your love towards us. Lord, when we get a revelation of your love towards us, we can't help but love you. Lord, our soul, our heart, and our mind, as we worship you, we praise you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you turn to that person next to you, just, just look at him. Tell him, I love you in the love of the Lord. I'll bless you in Jesus' name. I'll bless you in Jesus' name. you're here. Any first-time visitors? Hallelujah. Anybody visit us for the first time? Raise your hand. Glad to have you guys. Where y'all from? Missouri? Is what you're doing here now? Oh, you at the Bible school. Hallelujah. We're glad to have you guys. How about you, brother? Let's give him a hand. Oh, yeah, I came last week. Yeah, there's, there's my pastor buddy and his wife. Hallelujah. Good to have this brother from his wife from Leesville. Y'all don't tell nobody, but they Baptist. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good to have you guys. They were here. Meet them. Please meet them after church. Precious couple. Got a testimony. It's a miracle she's alive. And God, she, it's a miracle she can even walk. And they got a tremendous testimony. God healed her. Broken neck. And, and uh, man, just praise God for what he's doing. Hallelujah. Anybody else visiting us for the first time? Hallelujah. Where are you from? Wisconsin. Welcome, brother. Glad you're here. We welcome you. Hallelujah. Anybody else visit for the first time? Amazing. We're glad you're here tonight. We want to make a few um, announcements. How many remember we're going to have a conference this week? Starting Thursday. I tell you, it's going to be awesome. Man, it's going to be good. We're so privileged to, for these to come, and we're so excited about it. And we got information at the table for this month's conference and then next month's conference. And so it's going to be good. Also, uh, where's Sister Wanda? I got a paper here. Sister Wanda's here. Uh, she's having her ladies encouragers meeting uh, every fourth Thursday from 11 till 2. So you can contact Wanda Lewis Lucas and we have his information there. Also, the Young at Heart is going to be meeting uh, Wendy's behind the mall at 11.15 for lunch. Then they're going shopping. Is that the idea? Uh, going to be at Wendy's behind the mall. And then, bowling. For anyone age 50 and over. And uh, it's going to be, they got the prize and everything. It's Thursday, August the 30th. And so, make plans to come. So, they got all the information here. Uh, meeting at Wendy's behind the mall at 1115 for lunch. And then going bowling. So, uh, you can find out from them. And it's going to be great. Well, we got a lot of fun here. I don't even know what it is. 
Hallelujah. I'm not in a can, I promise you that. Hallelujah. I want to share something with you. Look with me, please, at Psalms chapter 110. Psalms chapter 110. Glad you came out tonight as we study the Word of God. And I want you to see this as we look at this in Psalms 110. Just to encourage you about the importance of being church to study the Word. Psalms 110. Verse 1 says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. How many of you know now you are seated on the right hand of the Father, also in Christ Jesus, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? And the Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Look at your neighbor and tell him, Rule in the midst of your enemies. My little brother playing that shofar, he had asthma and a bunch of other stuff, and now he's ruling in the midst of his enemies. Hallelujah. With a new pair, pair of lungs. See, that's ruling in the midst of the enemies. But I want you to hear verse 3. This is the New American Standard. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array, in the womb of the dawn, your youth are to you as the dew. Isn't that something? It says your people will volunteer freely. Now, the New American International says your troops will be willing. And I believe what this is saying is that one thing we're doing this conference, but another reason why we get together, and you make the sacrifice to come out on a Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, is that God is doing something to you because He's planning on doing something through you. The reason you're going to be willing to volunteer for the Lord in the day of His power, which is every day, is because He's doing something to us. I mean, no, we're not the same, my brother. We're not the same as we were last year. The things, your testimony of what God will do revive that fire and that refiner's fire. Each and every one of us, God is doing something to us. We're, we're never going to be the same again. We don't want to be the same again. But God is putting a holy array upon you. But thank God you're not only known in heaven, but you're known on earth, and your name is known in hell as those who stand under the blood and for righteousness. And God is doing something so much for you. And, and I'll, where's my sister Kayla? Where are you, baby? There's just a picture. Come see See, this is a volunteer. And I want to recognize she was here this morning. Would you stand up for Kayla's mom? Would you stand up? This is Kayla's mom. And she's been coming to church for quite a while now. Kayla's daughter here. And, and drive all the way from Junior. From, from where is it? Well, South Grand Prairie. This it seems like a long ways. But she can come. <laughs> but anyway, she lives over there somewhere. And uh, anyway, it's just uh, such an honor. And I know you're proud of her. And we're all proud of her. I tell you, this little sweetheart, uh, we, we've had some conversations and some times. And, and uh, she is just so special. Just special love for her. And she tells me, don't look at her. Well, she really started crying the other day. But she's going for, to Guatemala. She's flying out next Saturday. She's graduated from college, and we're so proud of her. And when she first started coming six years ago, she was a totally different girl. I remember she had earrings up in the eyebrows and, and, and here and dressed in black and everything. But that was okay. You, you go all the way for what you believe in. But when she got a hold of the Holy Ghost, the 
Holy Ghost got a hold of her. This little young lady, she just totally sold out for God. And they, you know, she really said, I want you to be my wife. You put me on the spot. Isn't she a hero? Isn't she a hero? You can see in the envelopes in front of you, there's envelopes there for the offerings and your time. But there's also a place for missions. And, and we, we've blessed Sister Terry a number of times on missionary to Asia. But, but now we've got a new missionary to Guatemala. And, and she is open minded. You know, she acted shy, but you can ask Brother Jake and Sister Sherry. This girl gets into anything that all of her heart and soul and mind. She's going to have to live with a native family down there. So she's going to come back speaking Spanish. And, uh, man, she's going to be something else. But would you raise your hands towards her? Mom, would you come? Because we want to pray for you. Because I remember my mom, she didn't cry when, I, when we drove away younger than her. But she cried a lot after you were gone. So we want to pray for you too, Mom. Just stand and face the front of us. Jesus, we lift up our sister Kayla, and Lord, oh, she's a testimony. Lord, she she says we've given her hope, but Lord, she's given us hope from the time she's came in. That Lord, we praise you, Father, for what you can do in our lives and how you can transform us. And we thank you, Father, Lord, that she has been such a yielded vessel to you. And tonight, as her church, as her pastors, as her covering, as her home church, as her family. We lift her up spirit, soul, mind, body. And right now we pray the blood of Jesus over her mind. In times of loneliness, the oppression because of satanic rituals and native rituals. We pray over her stomach and intestines and every part of her body from any type of insects or any type of food or poisoning or any other thing because of the water or the food. Thank you, Father, that even as you have kept us, you shall keep her through the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for hedge, no malaria, no type of any type of sickness or disease. Thank you, Father, for encouraging her in that these three months to start off with as she's there, she would draw so close to you as you'll be practically the only one she can talk to and run to. And we thank you that these next three months will be as three combined of growth. You shall use her to minister new anointed people. That her pathway is ordained and planned by you. And Father, we do lift up Maya and Dad. And we just thank you for that. Yes, Shalom, Shalom. Where you're not worried about the plane rides and the bus rides and climbing the mountains or any other thing. We thank you that this mother and father shall dwell in perfect peace and you shall keep them and they shall know that all is well with their daughter because she's on a mission for the King of Kings. And we just thank you that peace over her. And Lord, we just thank you meeting all of Kayla's needs. And we thank you that she sh- we send her forth as an ambassador to Guatemala. And we just thank you for blessing her and guiding her steps. In Jesus' name we pray.
So if you want to bless our little sister on her trip, and we're going to be supporting her monthly as she goes, um, you can look on our church store order grace, and she will get it all in the mail. Um, we, we are so proud of her. And I mean, that's just a community of men. Hallelujah. Reaching this world for Christ. Amen. So I'm going to ask us to come forward. Let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offerings and tithes and even missions offering. And uh, we just thank you so much for being here. Remember Kayla and her mom and dad in your prayers. And we will be, um, we will put up, a, I'll make a new, uh, I'll make a new uh, missions paper uh, for Guatemala. And with her picture on it. And we'll be praying over her with missions when we do on Tuesday night. We love you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Father, for your spirit here tonight. We praise you for your word, Lord. We praise you that your word and your spirit is perfecting that which concerns us. Tonight we come and, Lord, we come and we just lay open before you. Have your way in our life. Lord, we do not want to live in denial. We do not want to overlook areas of our life. And tonight as we study about wrath and anger, Lord, we want to be honest. We want to be truthful with ourselves and with you. Lord, we are called to control. You called us to walk in self-control. You called us to walk in meekness and strength. And I thank you that you're causing us to be peace givers. Love. Walk in gentleness, meekness, and temperance as we surrender to your will, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a praise. Let's give the Lord a praise. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. blessed tonight. Hallelujah. Don't forget, Brother Deweese is doing the book of Revelation this Wednesday. Uh, well, he's doing it every Wednesday, but this Wednesday he'll be touching on the rapture. So, uh, come and listen as he teaches on this and get rapture ready. And everybody can get a book, uh, bumper sticker put on their car that the trumpet blows we're gone. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, come and just enjoy that. And this Tuesday we have canceled intercession. Because there's something every night of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that we're counseling Tuesday night intercession. So everybody can have a break before we start this big conference. Uh, we'll still be praying, amen? You may not be here, but we'll be praying. So take a break, spend some time with your family, because we start the conference Thursday night. Uh, Brother Peter Wagner will be here Thursday night. And also, uh, he'll be starting off, and then Bill Suttis will continue from the Brownsville Revival. He's in charge of the deliverance ministry there. And then... Uh, Wagner will be flying out Friday, and then Bill Suttis and Doris Wagner will be teaching um, Friday night from 7 to 10, and then all day Saturday from 10 in the morning to 10 at night, they'll be here Saturday, and then Sunday morning, Brother Kimball Knight will be sharing with us, and then Sunday night, we'll be having prayer again from 6 to 9, from 6 to 10, 6 to 9, I believe it is. So anyway, how many know we're going to be prepared? Amen. so much church because you need it <laughs> we need it amen let's look at Psalms 
you're probably still there anyway, so let's go to Psalms chapter 37. And we saw last week the importance of repentance. And uh, to be transparent and open before God, He accepts that. That's the only thing He accepts when you're truthful, you don't live in denial. And in Psalms chapter 37, verse 8, we're working with this brother that has some feedback here as well. In Psalms chapter 37, verse 8, what David says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. How many know serious right there about forsaking anger? Amen. We're going to see tonight areas that it could really destroy us, keep us from going forward. How many of you know that Cain learned a horrible lesson the hard way? Getting anger because of envy and killing his brother. Anger will cause you to do things you haven't even dreamed that you'd be able to do. The little lady, a pastor's wife in Alabama, who shot her husband. Nobody ever thought she'd be able to do it. But holding in his suppressed anger can cause you to do something like Cain killing his brother. The first murder ever happened. How about Balaam? Not only will anger cause you to do something you didn't think you would do, Balaam ended up trying to hurt that which was trying to save him when he beat a donkey for not letting him go forward. He just got off and started beating that donkey. Thank God that God opened his mouth and told it to speak. And it says, why are you beating me? How are you? Why are you beating me? Wanted to save his life. A lot of times the things we're going through is to save our life. Save us from making the worst mistake. But we see Cain, you know, he, he got mad and uh, he killed his brother. Balaam didn't want to take correction. Jonah got mad at God. When God saved the people, he got all mad. Well, why are you saving them? I wanted you to kill them. You know, there's a lot of people, they get mad at God. So these are areas we've got to fix. And I want you to go with me to this Proverbs chapter 12. And some areas that I, I had to deal with here lately, the Lord brought me to Proverbs and spoke to me through this. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, and we just want to walk. God made me walk through Proverbs for a season, not long ago for a situation we're going through here at the church. And I want you to see the word of the Lord in Proverbs. And we're going to start with chapter 12 because this is where he had me start. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. This is the New American Standard. A fool's anger is known at once. But a prudent man conceals dishonor. A fool's anger is known at once. How many know it will reveal itself? Look at verse 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. Look with me in chapter 13, verse 3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. I know many times that's what anger does. It takes over our, our mouth to say things that later on we regret. I wish we would have never have said. Look at chapter 14, verse 17. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. Verse 29. 
He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. Verse 30. The tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. All of this is in chapter 14. Chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I mean, you know, that's true. Look at verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. Now look with me in chapter 16, verse 29. You see, it's just one chapter after another. The book of wisdom is crying out to be careful about anger. Psalms chapter 16, verse 29. The Amplified Bible says, The exceedingly grasping, covetous, and violent man entices his neighbor, leading him in a way that is not good. Verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his own spirit than he who takes a city. I mean, God is talking about being a giant yourself here by controlling your desires and passions. Chapter 17, verse 1. Better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. In other words, I'd rather just have crumbs than have all the best of the best if I've got to live in a house where there's nothing but strife and quarreling. Verse 27. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who is a, has a cruel spirit is a man of understanding. I want to cool down. It sounds like I need understanding. Amen? Look at chapter 18, verse 1. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only revealing his own mind. I mean, if there's anger in there, it's going to come out. Amen? Chapter 19, verse 19. Look at this one. A man of great anger will bear the penalty. Do you see that? This is a warning from the wisdom of God. A man of great anger, the NIV says, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. Listen to this now. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. Do you see that, church? a warning to us all. A hot-tempered man or woman. I mean, no, it says man there, but it means woman too. A hot-tempered, quick-tempered, angry person. They will pay its own penalty. And though you rescue them, though you keep them, though you try to rescue them and try to help them, you'll end up having to help them again because if it's an issue, a spirit of anger, or many times if it's wrath or rage, they can't control it. We can't control it. That is something we have to work on. Look with me in chapter 20, verse 2. The terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. He who provokes him to anger forfeits his own life. Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will quarrel. 
And then chapter 22, verse 10. Proverbs 22, verse 10. I mean, this is important even in business. Amen, business people. Because, boy, if you've got a quick-tempered person, nobody wants to work with that person. Amen? Look what it says here. Drive out the scoffer, and contention will go out. Even strife and dishonor will cease. You see that? You drive out anger, distension, hot temperance, contention, it will cease. Verse 24. Do not associate. Listen to this now. Do not associate with the man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Amen. Since the beginning of the year, we've been speaking about emotions. And we've been talking about a number of different things. And tonight, we will talk about the subject of anger. And I've got some paper here of, uh, of a things that some doctors have written about anger. And of course, Dr. Thurman uh, uh, and, and Dr. a psychiatrist called M. Scott Peck, both of them said the problem with anger is that most people deny the truth that they have a problem with it. Many times we use the excuse, well, you know, my parents were hot-tempered. Or, you know, like, like I heard my, my, my grandpa, you know, my grandpa had a problem with temper. Both of them. One said it was because of his German blood. The other one said it was because of his Indian blood. And, uh, you know, you always blame on the bloodline, and, and that may have something to do with it, but how many of you know that when you're born again, spirit-filled, and, and getting a hold of understanding and wisdom, we have no excuse to be out of, we, we cannot be blaming. If it's, if it's something that has been in our family, then praise God, we can deal with it, and we can get rid of it, and we can learn to be sweet and gentle. Can I hear an amen? But it talks there about, hey, watch out who you're keeping companions with. If you're with an angry person, an ill-tempered person, and you know, when I was working with an offshore company before uh, we before I went to the mission field and we got married, you know, them offshore men, they all stand around bragging around the fire during the day about, you know, well, my wife gets out of uh, line, I'm just going to straighten her up. I'll straighten her up real quick, you know, and uh, just talk about, you know, putting their wife in place. And, you know, pretty soon you got other men talking the same way. Then you got a bunch of men standing around the fire line. About putting their wife in their place. But you know, you, you get around hot-tempered people, you get around a lot of violence, a lot of anger. The Word of God even says, not, not, not Russell Cobb, the Word of God says, that it will transfer. That spirit will transfer, and before you know it, your, your mom or your wife or your friends will be saying, who are you? Where did that come from? You used to not act that way. Ah, since you joined that hunting club. Since you joined that bass club, except for Word of Grace's bass club. That, that, that's why you're manifesting that anger. If I've got a problem with anger, I, I've got to fast and pray and find out what is the root of it. I can't say, well, you know, I'm just going through something or, 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 or you know, I've been under a lot of stress. If, if I'm exploding or if I'm holding anger in, I'm only hurting myself and I will end up hurting those that I love. Like Cain ended up hurting his brother. And as we want to study about another dad, who ended up wanting to hurt someone very close to him and someone very dear to God, and then he wanted to turn on his own son, and then he ended up saying, you are your mother's boy. How many times has anger caused a father who just seemed to be as gentle, meek, and kind, and a mother, turn to someone else, and at that split moment, 
tell their kids or tell their husband or their wife or tell somebody close to them something that they never dreamed they would even say to them. And listen, how I many you know this is not a condemning message? This is an instructional message. Now, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anyone else because, you know, I've got my issues too and I'm praying through and my wife brags on me. I've gotten a lot better, but I know I've still got a long ways to go. Well, no, a little ways to go. Because she says I've gotten a lot better. But listen to this. Dr. Williams Lee lists some harmful effects of anger when it's allowed to be unbridled expressions. More than any other feeling, it will wilt friendships and cause peace to leave the home. It incites crime and violence and turns love to hate. According to the doctor here, listen to the internal manifestations of anger. When you get angry, it says, the blood clots faster. The circulation increases to a more rapid rate. The stomach outlet closes. The digestive tract becomes spastic. The heart rate increases. Blood pressure increases. And the coronary arteries are constricted. All of these things happen in our bodies when we allow anger or temper to take over. It increases the risk of strokes, aneurysms, um, and some other stuff, but you can see what it means. I don't know what all this is about, but it's not been pretty word, that's for sure. It affects some other parts of your body I don't want to talk about right now. And it destroys people and relationships. I know it could even destroy the relationship with the Lord. People often deny their anger in four destructive ways. Disappointment, depression, deny, and submission. Most of the time, anger is internalized instead of being expressed, and therefore, it ends up being one of these four. How many know that if we have an issue in this area, we want to overcome it and get rid of it? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in Proverbs 19, 19, it talks about anger and talks about how if you allow it to, it will cause a stronghold to come into our lives and to control our mind, c- control our hearts, our thoughts, and our attitudes. Now, I want you to look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 18. We already touched on Proverbs 19, 19, but 1 Samuel chapter 18. Look at this with me. In chapter 17, David had killed the Goliath, the giant, saved the nation, came into town holding the head of the giant. And, of course, King Saul was all proud of him and this is my spiritual son. You will never go home again. You will live in the palace with me. First Samuel chapter 18. And look with me. Let's go ahead and look at verse 8. It says in verse 5 that David went everywhere. Saul went. Everything just to be so great until the women started singing about Saul killing his thousands and David killing his ten thousands. And Saul fell into jealousy and anger. And it says in verse 8, And Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? How many know that David loved Saul with all of his heart? He was the anointed of God. Even when David had opportunity.
opportunity years later, he would not even touch David. Why? Because he honored him. He honored him as the, as the anointed of the Lord. I mean, we've got to be so careful about talking and criticizing and getting angry at different ones. I mean, you know, we've got to pray. We've got to love. And I mean, we've got to be quick to release them if we are angry. Release you and not get angry and not hold it on. I mean, some people will keep something stirred up for as long as they can just to have something to do or because it's something inside of them. The Bible says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. But Christians will keep something alive between them by phone or in person or other ways. They will keep it alive. And the Bible says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Do you hear me, church? If you have something against someone, the Word says, go to that person. But we read in Proverbs, don't make friends with an angry person. When we listen to someone desprofondo, releasing, descargando, and they're releasing their anger towards someone, unleashing that anger, that spirit is there transferred to you. It says, with an angry man, make not friends. And so we see here the importance that Saul was so angry. And we'll go on to see in verse 9. And Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that when the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied, David's prophesying, David's prophesying. In the midst of the house, and David played with his hand, the harp, as at other times, there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And, sand, and Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of the presence twice. How many of David was a believer, David? David was a young man of God serving the man of God overlooking that an evil spirit was upon him, wanting, wanting to do something to help bring peace into this king's life. And all that this man wanted to do was stab him to the wall and kill him because he let this anger just live within him and eat upon him and bring him down and bring him down into bitterness. Let me ask you, how often? This is a question. Don't, have to answer, don't answer it to me. But this is when we examine ourselves. How often do I get angry? How often do I get angry? How often do I go into road rage? How often do I get angry with something at the home or the job? Here's another question. When was the last time that I was angry? When was the last time that I was angry? You can think about it. Don't tell me. Just write it down and then go to the Lord about it. When was the last time I was angry? Lord, when was the last time I was angry? And why did I get angry like that? What is really the root issue here? Why did I get so angry? And why did I explode? And why did that happen to me? What, what, what is the real issue? What they said was not the real issue. There's something else that's in me that needs to come out. Amen? And so this anger, when was the last time I was angry? I've got to learn to handle my... my uh, emotions, and be careful with this hostile spirit or this harmful habit. Look with me, please. In, uh, let me just read this to you, though. In Matthew 5, 21, in the message translation, Jesus is teaching, Do not murder. 
I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as is angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. I know I've got to deal with my anger. Amen. I've got to deal with my anger because he's saying if not only is the commandments about do not commit murder, but if you get angry at your brother or your sister, you've already committed murder in your heart. And see, that's where it started with Saul. Saul already committed murder in his heart. He already had killed David because he was premeditating. He had that spear in his hand, and Saul was an excellent warman. Uh, a warrior, and he was ready to kill David because he already premeditated. I better get rid of this guy before something ends up happening to me in my kingdom. Look at me, Ephesians. Well, you just can write this down because of time. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and verse 31 talks about getting rid of rage and wrath. Verse 29 talks about getting rid of corrupt, cutting remarks and sarcasm. Proverbs 29, 11 and the Amplified Bible says, a fool bends all of his feelings, but a wise man. Somebody say, I'm a wise man. A wise woman. A wise man, a wise woman holds it back. Say that with me. Holds it back. In the name of Jesus, I'm learning to hold it back. I'm learning to hold it back. I'm learning to hold it back. By the grace of God, grace upon grace, He's teaching me how to hold my tongue. How to hold my tongue. How many of you can already praise God, but you're not, you, you, you don't get mad like you used to? Huh? How many can say amen to that? How many of you have never gotten mad in your life and stand up and we'll just clap for you? We've all gotten mad. Maybe it was when you were six years old and you didn't get what you wanted, but how many of you know we've all fought anger if it was inner anger or outer anger? We still have fought it. And it talks about learning to control, and a wise man does. And it says, put away anger. Don't rehearse anger. This is something that you get in a fight with your wife or your wife and you get in a fight with you. And, you know, and you didn't talk to each other. And then the next day, you want to talk. And they say, well, I'm mad at you. And you go, okay, why are you mad at me? I don't remember, but you did something. You really did something to make me mad. Isn't it something that sometimes days go by and you forgot why you're mad, but you know you got mad. It just so happened you forgot why you were mad. That didn't have, ever happen to you? I'm not talking to you. Why? I don't remember, but it had to be a good reason. Huh? <laughs> Rehearsing. So many kids. I have heard some of the people say the cruelest things on the deathbed of loved ones. Some of the cruelest things I've heard. And not get it right with them. And I've told them, they're dying, you've got to get it right. Why shouldn't I? And they start telling me all the story all over again, all over again. She was this type of mother. He was this type of father. They never did this. They never did that. They've always let me down. They would promise this. They never keep their promises. And on and on. I'm not saying they were right in what they did, but you are in worse off shape than me. Rehearsing what someone did to me. Rehearsing what happened during the day. And that anger just will build up more and more and more. Many times, if I'm angry, it's because anger was already in me. And now, why is it manifesting? I'm 
anger is not angry right now. Anger is already there. I've got to see why is it manifesting in my life to where God says, put it away. Amen? He says, don't fellowship with an angry man or a transfer kiss. One of the definitions for anger is a sudden explosion or a sudden inner displeasure and despondent. How many of so many people, so many times, uh, maybe we get angry because we don't get our way? Huh? Didn't get our way, especially kids, but even grown up. I didn't get my way, so, so you know, I'm mad. Or, how many of what, what's, what's horrible many times is we get angry because of pain. A lot of times I know people say, you know, that is such a bitter person, such an angry person. And I'll tell them, yeah, but you don't know what's wrong with their back or their hip or their leg or their knee or, or, or the medicine they're on. You, you, just, you just have to have compassion on that person. Because pain hurts. How many of you know pain hurts? It could be pain of the heart. It could be pain of the body. And many times you find people who have pain in their physical body. You find that they're, many times that they're angry, they're short-tempered. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, we don't need to be around that person. But, you know, you've got to have compassion on them. Because when your body's hurting, when you're hurting, when your back's hurting, you know, I never, you know, I pray for people with their back. I never, you know, I, you know I, I never knew how bad pain in your back hurts until I've gotten pain in my back. Or migraines. Or different things like that. You, 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 then you start realizing, I know now why they were angry. Amen? You know, we were watching, you know, we've been, they had Shark Week. How many of y'all watched Shark Week the other day on the Discovery Channel? And did you see that them sharks, some of those sharks, when they catch them, they end up biting and attacking and killing their own selves? Because they're just, you know, they're just ravenous big fish <laughs> And when they would get caught, they just would jump on themselves. They just attack themselves, but they couldn't bite anything else. And how many know there are some people, they're caught in something in their life, and so that's why they're just snapping and biting at anything that, that, that they can get a hold of. And many times they'll end up, they're hurting themselves. They're hurting themselves. Amen? Anxiety, being anxious, criticizing others because we're being under attack. They're being under attack. Seeing things that are not right, injustices, people being used and misused and mistreated. Saul was angry because he was not having his way. I need to have the song sung to me. I need to be in the top position. And that opened the door for anger. Sometimes anger is because we're curious or unconscious anger, tired of something. I don't like the food. I don't like the message. Especially tonight. Somebody turns you off at work. Takes it out at home. Anger, write this down. Anger stops us from being sensitive to the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and to others. I can't hear from God. Someone says, you know, I I don't hear from God. Go search your heart. Maybe it's because of anger. Anger causes us to lose compassion. Not to be sensitive towards people. Not to love people. Not to want to see people people helped. I want it done my way. And I'm confused. It's easy to get angry. How many know Jesus controlled his anger? Remember when he whipped the people? Some people say, well, how did Jesus control his anger if he whipped the people? How many know he could have killed them? <laughs> huh? He could have killed them. How many know he controlled it? How many know whipping's a little better than killing? Amen? But you know, the thing about it is, is learning to control it. And that's why as parents and 
as parents, we've all had to learn. Some did, some just sweet. But some of us others, we had to learn that you never whip a child when you're angry. Because when you're angry, you're stronger than at other times. And when you're stronger at other times, and you're out of your mind, you don't realize you're whipping them with a buffer. And you don't even worry about how many times you're hitting them. You don't worry about how many times you're scoring them. But when you whip a child and discipline a child in anger, you are totally unconscious and insensitive to what's happening to that child at that moment. Or, or, or when you're holding somebody down, you're hurting me. I'm not hurting you. But when you're angry, your adrenaline runs. Because listen, anger is given to man or woman. And all the studies about anger, one of the reasons we've been given anger in part, as part of our emotions is because God made men to be warriors. And that anger is to be a warrior and to fight to protect and defend. And so when we get angry, adrenaline runs and, and our heart beats faster and the blood beats faster and our body just goes and muscles expand. A lot of things happen when we're angry. And so when we lose control of our lives, can you imagine we go into a warrior's mode while we're whipping our children? child a blood clot in his brain and was in a coma. Praise God. We want to pray for it. And God healed that child and saved his life. The anger of the moment. Anger stops us from being sensitive. Saul was not able to control his anger. He wanted to pin David down. Anger is resentment. And I don't need a reason. I'm just angry and I'm going to stay there. Expressed. Number one, usually Saul was this way. He was angry, so how can I get rid of David? What can I do to get back to that person? Frustrated. No peace. Negative about everyone. Nothing's right. And we repress it. I'm not angry. And we can't see what it's doing to our bodies, to our nerves. They've even proven, and, and I hate mentioning this, but they've even proven that many times... And not all the times, don't get me wrong, but many times, hemorrhoid is a result from inner anger. And I've known people that I've ministered through to in deliverance and uh, just seem like sweet people. But but they they got a problem with hemorrhoids and varicose veins. And then you start, all of a sudden, the Lord give you a word of knowledge. And sure enough, it's inner anger. You know, I'd rather express it outwardly than keep it inwardly. Don't repress it. Deal with it. Father, I come before you. I've got a problem with this anger, and, and I, I want to deal with it before it ends up dealing with me or before I end up hurting someone, suppressing it. I know it's there, but I don't want to deal with it. I'll keep it down. I'll keep, I'll keep it down. I won't let it out. Remember Saul threw the spear at David? If you keep anger in, you're throwing the spear at yourself. Keep his anger in you. But all the time, he's adding to 
Thank God this can be delivered from it. Amen. Blood pressure rises. Muscles tense. Stomach doxing. Adrenaline runs. Like I said, your body is prepared for battle. Look with me two chapters over. First Samuel chapter 20. Here he's thrown a javelin at David. Now let's see what happens in First Samuel chapter 20, verse 30. brush fire, and it just goes and it spreads. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 30, Then Saul's anger burned against Jonathan. You see, it turned from the, he turned from the person he hated, and now it's, he's taking it out on his son. Isn't it sad and isn't it bad when we get angry at someone, and if we can't get to them, we'll find somebody else? Somebody close to us. Come on, this is life, folks. I know you'd like to be running around jumping, hallelujah, and but I gotta preach anger now because October is Pastor's Appreciation Month. Because I ain't expecting nothing. But anyway, but but this is the truth, church. People of God. I couldn't kill David. I couldn't let him know what I think about him. My son made a made a vow, a covenant relationship with my enemy. He's taking up for my enemy. He's taking up for that person I don't like. He's taking up for that person and saying that God loves him. He's taking up for that person who is my enemy. He's taking up for that person who's hurt me. So, I don't care if you are my son. Look. Saul's anger was kindled, burned against Jonathan. He said to him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. He's talking about his own wife. He's not only attacking his son, he's attacking his wife. That anger gets out of control. That anger gets out of control. And it left him from wanting to kill David. Now he's saying, you are a son of a re- you are the son of your rebellious mother. It's her fault. You are like you are. Do I not know that you are choosing the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? Putting down his wife and the mother of his son. For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. He's trying to turn him against this person. Therefore now send and bring him to me, for he must surely die. But Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, why should he be put to death? What has he done? Look at verse 33. What Saul could not do to his enemy, now look what he wants to do to his son. Then Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him down. So Jonathan knew that his father had decided to put David to death. of 
ministering of God. It doesn't matter how close I am to you. It doesn't matter what you mean to me. You take me up on my anger. You rise me up against him. I can't take it out on him when I take it out on God. And how many times people come back to the Lord and they open the door and the wife has been cooking and cleaning and she's there, hey, how was your day? Truth is, the kids yelling at her. Kids, quiet down. Be quiet. Stop making all that noise. So take it out on the kids. Take it out on the wife. Take it out on the husband. Or like everyone talks about, take it out on the family. Because something spiritual, anger, rage, jealousy, Envy. You know, we talk about envy. All these different things. It's amazing. The devil didn't fall from heaven by himself. He took a third way. And anything demonic and anything of the flesh, it's amazing. That's why you have church splits. Because one person may have a problem. But I want to get other people around me feel what I feel, to sense what I sense, to be angry like I'm angry because I'm just not going to quietly leave the church. I want them to grab the spears and help me put them away. These spirits, these things of the flesh, you see, the devil is a coward. He doesn't want to do something by himself. He always wants to get a Jezebel involved and get a whole group together. Let's talk to her. Let's tear her apart. Let's analyze it. Let's speak against it. It doesn't matter if we're hurting the church. It doesn't matter if we're hurting the city. It doesn't matter if I'm hurting my family. It doesn't matter if I'm hurting my relatives. It doesn't matter. I feel this, so I want to get people with me, so I'm not by myself in this. Let's He's a true nut church. History has repeated itself over and over again. And Proverbs has been written for thousands of years. Don't get around a raging, angry person because what they have will jump on you and you'll join the team. This is the word. I'm not preaching to anybody. This tape is for people who need this. This is the word, but it's the truth. Amen. You provoke me, and now I'm going to get at you because you're not standing on my side. You get in counseling, and you can do counseling and all that, and it's amazing. It's hard to be the middle person because you don't choose sides, but they get angry. They're angry at the person they're in the room with, and they get angry at the counselor because they're not taking their side. You got a mess on your hands. You got to pray through. Boy, it gets rough in there. It gets rough in there. So, what do I have to do? Thank God for the mercy and grace of God. 
let it go before the Father, and I've got to confess my error. The divorce ends up being so ugly to me. Children being separated and angered and sick and also the abuses and that's going on in the work field and businesses and not getting the quality of what you bought and, 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 and I'm wondering, you know, why, why are they written me off and why this is happening to the other and it's just so easy to hold a grudge. And I always try to encourage people, don't, don't hide people within the church. Because if they don't do a good job, then you hold something against them and then you tell somebody else, you don't want to hire them because they didn't do me a good job. It just grows and grows and grows and word gets out. So there's so many things to be to get angry and I, I think I'd rather just pay somebody to do it again instead of hold this within me and let it eat me and kill me. So I've got to confess it to God. It's in my heart. I've got to be honest with God. I've got to be honest with myself. And I've got to go to the Father and say, Father, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I've been holding this anger, this rage, this wrath. I, I have I've been angered, angry about this. I, I've been noticing and I've been hearing myself and, and I've been uh, hearing others talk about, well, why is he being so angry? Why is he's been exploding so much? Why, why this and why that? So, Father, I come before you and I confess. I, I blew up. I, I, I beat the kids. I, I, I broke the door. I kicked the door in. I did all these types of things, Lord, and I repent for doing it. But, Lord, I come before you because I want to go deeper. Lord, reveal to me, Holy Spirit. Teacher, reveal to me what was the real reason that I exploded that day. And how many know then I've got to go to, listen, folks, life is too big. If I've offended someone, if you've been angry at someone, if you've been holding something against them, life is too dear to go another day without going and get it right with that person. Go, you make it brief. I shared this about another day. You go, you make it brief, and you say, I've been hurt, I've been offended. I might have misunderstood you. I might have misunderstood what you were trying to do, what you were trying to say. So, boy, for the benefit of the doubt, I want to get it right. But I do have to confess, I've been angry with you, I've been holding something against you. So I want to come to you. I've been before the Father, I've repented to Him, but now I want to come before you. And I want to ask you to forgive me for holding this resentment, this anger against you. And I want to get it right with you right now. Praise the Lord again. My offering can be accepted again. Because Jesus says, if you have all against your brother, and you get to the temple, and you want to claim a hundredfold return, and I'm going to sow, and I'm going to reap. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Leave the check in the checkbook and go first to your brother and get it right. Then come and rip it out, and then I'll receive. the back door. I'm running out of here. And share your feelings. How many know men, sometimes we've got to be big enough to allow our wives to share their feelings with us? Because how many know it's fun making up afterwards? <laughs> but how many know sometimes you just got to be big enough? Baby, what's been bothering you? Oh, baby, about half my share of my list. <laughs> but when they, when you get it all out, in the morning. And then you can reconcile. And it's good. And there ain't no sweet potato pie with poison it like Medea makes to kill you. You get it right. 
here's the intimation. This is how I feel. And when I go to them and I confess it, I'm pulling the plug on my anger. And listen, let's just end it with this. Anger is just like bad news. It'll stay in me. It'll eat in me. It'll eat me. It'll eat me inside. It will torment me until I go and repent and get rid of it. And then I'm pulling the plug on it. And that battery acid just gets out of my body. That poison and, and, and all that gets out of my body. And then I can breathe again. I can live again. And I can be sensitive again. And I can go forward. Amen? I'm pulling the plug on it. And one of the things to keep us from being angry is, how many know, it's time to learn to be positive. Amen? This church is about being positive. Can I hear an amen? I've been praying, and I've been praying over the body, that this church is going to be more positive than ever before. We are going to be positive. We're going to speak positive about one another. We're going to speak positive to one another. We're going to speak positive about each other's condition. We're going to stand with one another. We're going to believe with one another. We're going to build one another up. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to edify one another. How many know it's time to be positive and get rid of all the negativism? Because I'm telling you, because I, I, I've, had, I, I've seen it in my family, and especially my grandmother, Usually, if you're negative, it's a sure sign you're angry. It's a sure sign you're angry. Negative people use your anger up. Well, you can't get any better. Because you're the anger zone. They'll never change. myself like I'm preaching to the two or three needed here tonight. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hug after church. Hallelujah. It's all of us. Sis, it's all of us. We all deal with it. And, and, and you know, sure, babe, you know, Keep away from things that make you angry. For example, if you can't take right now all, all these people who know it all, who's running for president, you can't take them, don't listen to them. Don't open the door <laughs> to get negative and angry. Because I tell you right now, they're going to say something you ain't going to like. So you know what? I don't even, I have not watched one debate. I'm praying. I'm not watching. I'm praying. And I tell you another thing that Spirit of God is saying. I want to give this to, to the intercessors. God has called us to be watchmen on the walls, not to be hearers on the walls. Listen to me. Too many times we're in the gap and we're on the wall and we're praying according to what we're hearing. He says, I'm not asking you to pray according to what you're hearing. I'm praying, I want you to pray according to what you're seeing, things that I'm showing you in the Spirit. Woo, come on, that's good. That's good. Not listeners on the wall, watchmen on the wall. That's what God is asking. I'm sorry, honey. What you got, honey? Um, you know, I get people coming in for marriage counseling for the new couple. People come in. And so, like we were talking about, y'all are anger. You know, you punch the wall. So, one day we were in the counseling session. And it was like the way he had been treating her. 
Does that happen as well? So it's up to you. You want me to fix this in one session, but it's simply going to happen. You've got to go back and do that again. That's You've good. got to patch this up. Yeah, and good. it takes time to undo all of the mess that's been going on. But you got to start somewhere. And then hold that anger back. Because if you do, then you just repaired the sheetrock and you drove another hole in it. So, you know, how do you want your house to look? And that's how you do She bought me a two-belt for our 25th anniversary. <laughs> 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 always remember that. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. <laughs> Let's stand up so I can be quiet and go home. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the mercy of the Lord? grace of God. His grace is sufficient. I just want you to just raise your hands towards heaven and just open your hearts. There's something you've been being dealt with tonight. You may want to write it down. You may want to you want, may just want to confess it before the Father right now real quietly. No one else. You don't need to go confess it to others unless it's the one you're angry at. But just a time to release it and let it go. And just thank God for His mercy. That He's faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us of our sins. All unrighteousness. You said in your word, Father, that, Lord, we can grow in grace and virtue and favor and patience and love and faith. Lord, tonight with this message on, on anger, something that you hate, something that is harmful for us. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you love each and every one of us here and you desire our best. Lord, if it's something like anger or any other thing that is keeping us from going forward into our destiny, keeping us from doing more for you or being more for you. We repent of that tonight. And we ask you, Father, to forgive us of any area of anger, rage, or wrath that we held in our heart against anything or anyone. That tonight we're able to let that go. We're able to love you with a pure heart, a sincere heart, a right motive. We just release and renounce just right, say that with me. In the name of Jesus. Right now, I renounce all forms of anger. I renounce rage, wrath, losing my temper, lacking in self-control. I renounce it tonight. And I, by grace, will stand patient, kind, and loving. I am Christ-like. And I will behave. And I will become more like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just receive that. Lord, I just praise you. Just go ahead and just thank Him for His forgiveness. I've been having you come forward, but just, just do this in your seat right now. Just receive His grace and His forgiveness. Lord, we love You. We praise You. We may be dealing with You with past relationships. Maybe, maybe other bodies You belong to. Areas of betrayal. Areas of robbery. Areas of where You might have been 
cheated, mistreated. I just release that now. I just accept your love over me and in me. I accept your peace. I just accept your love in my life. Thank you for loving us. That you'll never give up on us. There's no hopeless, impossible cases with you. The good work you began, you will finish. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're the potter, not me. You're the potter. And you're forming and you're molding us after your image. I just thank you for that right now. That we are peacemakers. And we decide to walk in love for you. I pray for every marriage here, every home. School started. The stress. The, the running. All, all the meetings. All the things that are going on. In the sports. I just pray for, pray for peace. And a spirit of patience and love. Agape love. Between husbands and wives. And parents and children. That there is no provoking to wrath. I pray for peace in the homes during this time of school. Jobs. Changes and shifting that's going around. I just say for just blessing every home with an atmosphere of love and peace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your banner of love is over every home. Peace between husbands and wives. Peace in the bedroom, at the kitchen table, in the living room. Peace in the car as they drive. Thank you that our children have a testimony that they didn't hear mom and dad fighting all the time. They heard mom and dad loving all the time. Thank you, Father, Lord God, that our children better testify of the love between their mom and their dad and the love of their parents for them. There's no reason for children to leave home rebellious, angry, bitter, because there's, there was love at home. There was acceptance at home. There was peace at home. Lord, we just thank you and we ask you for that peace, that shalom, shalom around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do you receive that? Just receive that. Mm. In the name of Jesus. The blessings of the Lord. Let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise. There's, there's one more thing. Lord, I lift up all of our children, the students, whether it's elementary, high school, or college. The anger towards a teacher who's offended them, hurt them, belittled them, humiliated them. I pray over our children that they would be able to forgive the teachers, forgive the bullies, forgive the kids that might have lied about them, called them names and humiliated them. And there's such an anger, and children are going around shooting children today, carrying guns, and the politics don't know why. But there's such a, a, a spirit of violence and anger in the games and the movies and the different things that children are involved with that they get angry and they want to get back because you called me a name. You hurt my feelings. You belittled me. So I pray for our children this year that you watch over their emotions, their heart, that they will not be wounded for life. But there is a healing bomb in Gilead. There's a healing bomb in the church. 
And for every time, every word that has hurt them, belittled them, offended them, that they will be able to release that person by faith. They will be able to just let that word, that hurt, go. And to be able to look at that bully, be able to look at that teacher and say, Lord, they're attacking me just like Saul because they cannot attack the real issue. They have a daddy at home that don't love them. They have a daddy who's never home. They have a mama who doesn't give them the attention that they need. They, don't, they come home from school and mom and dad's not there. Or their big brother or something's going on in the home and their dad's an alcoholic or their mom's on drugs. And so they're angry and they can't attack their mom and dad. So they go to school and they attack me. But Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for that boy. I pray for that girl. Because Lord, now I know they're not attacking me because they hate me. There's something in their life that is driving them to attack me, a child of God. So, Lord, I have mercy and compassion, and I release them for all the name-calling, of all the belittling, of all the humiliation. I release those boys and girls and those teachers tonight. Lord, no more. I release that boss who hits me on the head and calls me not worth much. I release the people I work with who try to get me in trouble and belittle me so they can have the promotion. And some have gotten the promotion. But Lord, I'm not going to hold anger against them. I'm going to release them and love them. Pray for them in Jesus' name. I'm going to let it go. Father-in-law, mother-in-law, an ex, whoever it may be, I've got to let it go tonight. I've got to deal with it. I cannot hold it. I cannot live in denial anymore. I've been angry with them. Angry at my dad for making me marry that girl. Angry at mom for making me marry that boy. Making me go to school for something I didn't want to go for. Making me give up something I had dreamed about. Young people, be praying. Be praying. Angry because I couldn't see that my parents were telling me I couldn't go to a dance or I couldn't go to a party. I couldn't understand why. So I was angry at them. But Lord, I I can see and I know that they were just protecting me. They're just protecting me. They just love me. That's why they have not allowed me to do these things. Not because they wanted to punish me, but because they love me. They didn't let me go to the movies and the other kids were going to the movies. I can understand if my friends were going to those movies, if they were watching those movies and those videos and those video games, why can't I? Why do my parents have to be so strict? It's because they love you. Because they love you. And they want the best for you. Don't be angry against them. Let it go. Let it go, please. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're angry at a sibling. By faith tonight, by faith tonight, release it and let it go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. You receive, I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to some people. Just release it and let it go. Release it and let it go by faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We give you glory, we give you praise. 
I just pray that you heal the self-worth and the value of your people. That, Lord God, they were able to love themselves, so they were able to love their neighbor as themselves. I just pray for healing this church, healing the emotions of this church. And, Lord, there's articles about the church today is dysfunctional because families are dysfunctional. But I thank you that Word of Grace is not a dysfunctional church full of dysfunctional people. I thank you that Word of Grace is full of overcomers, more than conquerors. I thank you that it's full of a people who have control over their emotions and their mind, control over anger and different things that arise. I praise you for people who walk in the authority and in the love and in the peace of Jesus Christ. I thank you for a strong, mature church. I think of our church who wants and desires the truth and, Lord, handles the truth with love and respect and honor. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen and amen. Listen, we love you. We bless you. If you have any type of needs, we'll be here to pray with you, anoint you with oil. Don't forget Wednesday night, teaching about the rapture. We'll be here and it's going to be great. Our conference starting this Thursday, 7 o'clock. Make sure you're here. We love you. Bless you. Tell somebody you love them. Meet our guests, please. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.